there's a new version of the film of John Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men, soon to be seen in theaters. Uh, Gary Sinise of the Stepmore Theater directed it, and he plays the role of George, and John Malkovich plays the role of big, huge, generous-hearted, somewhat slow Lenny. Uh, they did that at a Stepmore Theater production some years ago. So you'll hear a broadcast of some 11 years ago, 1981, in which there were guests on the program. And I think you'll also hear a scene in which Wint Strachey and I, who played George and Lenny at a summer theater here years and years ago, do our scene. And then uh, Gary and John Malkovich do their version of that scene. So the program in just a moment. I thought a way to open, listen to this. It's egotistical in my part. I know we all are. Is uh, when Strachey and myself, we did this in 1952. When did Lenny, I did George. And it was first performed in 1937. So we did it 18 years after the first performance. No, I mean 15 years 15. or so. And you guys are doing it some 40 years or mm -hmm. more than 40 years after. Yeah. And doesn't it hold? Oh, yeah. So let's, let's try an experiment, shall we? Great. I'm setting the scene, the opening scene of George and Lenny and West and loneliness. And uh, when is Lenny and I'm George? And somewhere during that dialogue, you guys pick it up. John Malkovich as Lenny and Gary Sinise as George. Here then the opening scene, the two Bindlestiffs, George and Lenny, uh, entering the scene. This is the opening scene. It's a nighttime sandy bank of the Salinas River. There are willows about, and there's a giant sycamore, the dry leaves. Uh, you hear a sparrow singing, ranch dogs are barking in the distance, and two figures enter. The short man, George, coming first, single file, and the huge Lenny following him. They're carrying blanket rolls, and they approach the water, and the small man throws down his blanket, and the large man follows and falls down and drinks from the river. Lenny, for God's sake, don't drink so much. Lenny, you hear me? You're gonna be sick like you was last night. Ah, that's good. You drink some, George. You drink some, too. I ain't sure that's good water. Looks kind of scummy to me. <laughs> Look at them wrinkles in the water, George. Look what I done. Tastes all right. Don't seem to be running much, old Lenny. You ought not drink water when it ain't running. <laughs> you drink water out of a gutter if you was thirsty. Oh, damn, we could just as well a road clear to the ranch. Yeah. That bus driver didn't know what he was talking about. Just a little stretch down the highway, he says, a little stretch. Damn near four miles. I bet he didn't want to stop at the ranch gate. I bet he's too damn lazy to pull up. Wonder he ain't too lazy to stop at Soledad at all. Just a little stretch down the road. George. Yeah? What do you want? Where are we going, George? So you forgot that already, did you? So I gotta tell you again, jeez, you're a crazy goof. I forgot. I tried not to forget. Honest to God, I did. Okay, okay, I'll tell you again. I ain't got nothing to do. Might just as well spend all my time telling you things. 
You forget him and I tell you again. I tried and I tried, but it didn't do no good. I remember about the rabbits, George. The hell with the rabbits. You can't remember nothing but them rabbits. Lonnie, you remember sitting in that gutter on Howard Street and watching that blackboard? Oh, sure. I remember that. But what'd we do then? I remember some girls come by and you says... The hell with what I says. You remember about us going on Murray and Reedy's and they give us work cards and bus tickets? Oh, sure, George. I remember now. Let's see, where is it? George? Hmm? I ain't got mine. You never had none. I got both of them. You think I'd let you carry your own work card? I thought I had it in my side pocket. Hey, what'd you take out of that pocket? Ain't a thing in my pocket, George. I know it ain't. You got it in your hand now. What you got in your hand? George, I ain't got nothing in my hand, honest. Come on, give it here. It's only a mouse. A mouse? A live mouse? No, George, just a dead mouse. And I didn't kill it, George. I found it. I found Come it, Come on, dead. give it here. George, let me have it a while. Give it here. What do you want of a dead mouse, anyway? I was petting it with my thumb while we was walking along. Well, you ain't petting no mice when you walk with me. Let's see if you remember where we're going. I forgot again. Lenny, we're going to work on a ranch like the one we come from up north. Up north. In Weed. Weed. And that ranch we're going to is about a quarter mile up that way. We're going to go in, see the boss. See the boss. Now look, I'm going to give him the work tickets, but you're not going to say nothing. You're just going to stand there and not say nothing. Not say nothing. He finds out what a crazy idiot you are, we won't get no job. But if he sees you work for he hears you talk, we're set. You got that? <laughs> sure, George, I got that. Okay, when we go in and see the boss, what are you going to do? <laughs> I ain't going to say nothing. I'm just going to stand Good there. boy. That's swell. <laughs> now you say that over two or three times so you're sure you won't forget it. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to say nothing. And you ain't going to do no bad things like you done in weed, neither. Like I done in weed? You forgot that too, did you? They run us out of weed! Run us out? Hell, we run. They was looking for us, but they didn't catch us. <laughs> Well, I didn't forget that, you bet. Oh. You know, I could get along so easy and nice if I didn't have you on my tail. I could live so easy. We gonna go work on the ranch, George. All right, you got that. We're gonna sleep here tonight. Because I want to. I want to sleep out. Well, why ain't we going on to the ranch to get the supper, George? They got their supper at the ranch. No reason at all. I just like it here. Tomorrow we'll be going to work. I seen thrashing machines on the way down. That means we're going to be bucking grain bags, busting the gut, lifting up them bags. Tonight there ain't a grain bag or a boss in the world. Tonight... The drinks, he's on the house. <laughs> it's a nice house we got here, Lenny. Well, ain't we gonna have no supper? Sure we are. You go gather up some dead willow sticks. I got three cans of beans in my bindle. I'll open them up while you get a fire ready. We'll eat them cold. I like beans with ketchup. We ain't got no ketchup. 
Go on, you go get the wood. No fooling around none. Move! It'll be dark before long. <sighs> All right, give me that mouse. What, George? I ain't got no mouse. Come on, honest. give me that mouse. You ain't putting nothing over. You gonna give me that mouse or I have to take a sock at you? Give you what, George? You know damn well what. I want that mouse. I don't know why I can't keep it, George. It ain't nobody's mouse. I didn't steal it, George. I found it. I found it. Come on. George, I'm not doing nothing bad with it. I'm just talking it. That ain't bad. You crazy fool. You thought you'd get away with it, didn't you? Don't you think I could see your feet was wet where you went in the water to get it? Blubbering like a baby. A big guy like you. Lenny, I ain't taking it away just for meanness. That mouse ain't fresh. Besides, you broke it petting it. You find a mouse that's fresh, I'll let you keep him a little while. I don't know where there is no other mouse. I had the lady used to give them to me. Ever what she got, she get to me, but that lady ain't here no more. Lady, huh? Come on, give me them sticks. Don't even remember who that lady was. That's your own Aunt Clara. She stopped giving them to you. You always killed them. But they were so little. I'd pet them and... Pretty soon they bit my fingers and then I pinched their head a little bit and then they was dead because they were so little. I wish we'd get them rabbits pretty soon, George. Rabbits ain't so little. Hell with them rabbits. Come on, let's eat. We got enough beans here for four men. I like beans with ketchup. We ain't got any. Whatever we ain't got, that's what you want. If I was alone, I could live so easy. Could get a job of work, no trouble, no mess. When the end of the month come, I could take my 50 bucks going to town. Get whatever I want. Stay in a cat house all night. Eat any place I want. Order any damn thing. I didn't want no ketchup. Could do that every damn month. Could get a gallon of whiskey, sit in a pool room. Play cards. Shoot pool, what have I got? I got you. Can't keep no job, you lose me every job I get. I don't mean nothing, Just George. keep me I... shoving all over the country all the time and that ain't the worst, you get in trouble. I... You do bad things and I got to get you out. It ain't bad people that raises hell, it's dumb ones. You crazy fool, you just keep me in hot water all the time. You just wanna I... feel that girl's dress, huh? You just want to pet it like it was a mouse. Well, how the hell did she know you just want to feel her dress? How'd she know you just want to hold on to it like it was a mouse? I don't mean to, George. Sure you didn't mean to. You didn't mean for her to yell bloody hell, neither. Didn't mean for us to hide in the irrigation ditch all day with guys out looking for us with guns. All the time it's something you didn't mean. Damn it. I wish I could just put you in a cage with a million mice. Let them pet you. George. George? What do you want? I... I was only fooling about that ketchup, George. See, I didn't want no ketchup. I wouldn't eat no ketchup if it was right here beside me. There's some here you could have it. 
a thousand bucks, I'll buy you a bunch of flowers. I wouldn't need no ketchup, George. I'd leave it all for you, and you could cover your beans so deep with it, and I wouldn't touch none of it. I think of the swell time I could have without you. I go nuts. I never get no peace. You want I should go away and leave you alone? Yeah, where would you go? Well, I could go off in them hills there and find a cave. Yeah. How'd you eat? You ain't got sense enough to find nothing to eat. I'd find things. I don't need no nice food with ketchup. I'd lay out in the sun wouldn't nobody hurt me, and if I find a mouse, I could keep it. Wouldn't nobody take it away from me. I've been mean, ain't I? If you don't want me, you just say the word, and I'll go right off in them hills and find a cave. I can go away any time. Oh, Lenny, I was just fooling you. Of course I want you to stay with me. The trouble with mice is you always kill them. Look, Lenny, I, I tell you what, the first chance I get, I'll find you a pup. Maybe you wouldn't kill it. That'd be better than mice. You could pet it harder. If you don't want me, you just say the word and I'll go right off in them hills and live by myself. And I wouldn't get no mice stole off of me. I want you to stay with me. Come on. Somebody'd shoot you for a coyote if you was by yourself. You stay with me. Your Aunt Clara wouldn't like you running off by yourself, even if she is dead. George? What? Tell me like you done before. Tell you what? About the rabbits. Oh, you ain't putting nothing over on me. Come on, George. Tell me like you done before. You get a kick <laughs> out of that, don't you? Okay, Come on. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Then we'll lay our beds out and we'll eat our supper. <laughs> Come on. Guys like us that works on ranches is the loneliest guys in the world. They ain't got no families. They don't belong no place. They come to a ranch, they work up a stake, and then they go into town and they blow their stake. First thing you know, they're out pounding their tail on some other ranch. They ain't got nothing to look ahead to. That's it. That's it, George. Now tell about us. With us, it ain't like that. No. We got a future. We got somebody to talk to that gives a damn about us. We don't have to sit in no bar room blowing in our jack just because we ain't got no place else to go. If them other guys gets in jail, they can rot for all anybody gives but a damn. But not us, George. And, and why? Because I, I got you to look after me, and you got me to look after you, George, and that's why. No, do Tell how it's gonna be. Well, you know it all by heart. Why don't you do it yourself? George, I forget some of the stuff. Now, come on, now. Tell how it's gonna be. Oh, uh, some other time. No, come on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Someday, we're gonna get the jack together, and we're gonna have us a little house and a couple of acres, maybe a cow and some pigs. And live off the fat of the land <laughs> and have rabbits. Tell about the vegetables in the garden. We'll George, have a Tell big... about the rabbits in the cages. Well, I'd build a... And the rabbit. rain in the winter. And right. the stove. 
and what? dude, how thick the cream is, what? you can't hardly cut it off the pan with a knife. <sighs> dude, tell about that. Do it yourself. You know all of it. <laughs> dude, it just ain't the same if I tell it. <laughs> now, come on. Do it. Tell. Do it. Tell how I get to tend the rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have a big vegetable patch and a rabbit hutch and chickens. And when it rains in the winter, we'll just say a hell with going to work, and we'll build up a fire in the stove, and we'll just sit around it, listen to the rain coming down on the roof. Nuts. Hey, I ain't got time for no more. Now, what are you going to do tomorrow when the boss asks you questions? I ain't going to say nothing. Good boy, that's swell. Hey, maybe you're getting better. <laughs> I bet I can let you tend the rabbit, especially if you remember as good as that. I I can remember, by God. <laughs> Minnie, I, I want remember. you. Minnie, I want you to look around here. You think you remember this place? That ranch we're going to is about a quarter mile up that way. You just follow the river and you get here. Sure, dude, I can remember here. Did not remember about that not gonna say what? Of course you did. Look, Lenny. If you just happen to get in trouble, I want you to come here and hide in the brush. Hide in the brush. You hide in the brush till I come for you. Will you remember that, Lenny? Sure, dude, I remember that. Hide in the brush till you come but for But you me. ain't gonna get in no trouble. No. If you do, I'm not gonna let you tend the rabbits. Dort, I won't get in any trouble. I ain't gonna say a word. You got it. <laughs> Anyways, I hope so. It's gonna be nice sleeping here. Just looking up. Them leaves. Don't build a fire up, we'll just let her die. You feel free when you ain't got no job. <laughs> if you ain't hungry. George? Yeah, what you want? Uh, let's have different color rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, we'll have red rabbits, green rabbits, blue rabbits, <laughs> millions of them. Furry ones, George, like them ones we seen at the Sacramento fire. Sure, furry ones. Cause, George, I could just as well go away and live in the cave. Shut up. <laughs> George? Yeah, what is it? I'm shutting up, George. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful interpretation of the scene, of course, terribly moving. Here we have George and Lenny, John Malkovich and Gary Sinise. Gary is George and John is Lenny. And that's the opening scene. It's funny, there's so many different interpretations, each oh, one yeah. right, but yours mm -hmm. had that added element. It was now, I was thinking as you 
play the role. John, you yourself, you can, I mean, Gary, you today, mm-hmm. in tackling George and Lenny, describe how you first rehearsed. What did you have in mind doing? Well, you know, I think with anything like this, Studs, that's been done, you know, quite a few times, really, and, and there's been a movie of it and stuff, which I never saw, and I've only seen, I myself have only seen one other production of it, but, you know, it's like anything. I think you have to learn, uh, I don't know, not the not the really pratfalls, I guess you'd say, of it, but you sort of have to give it a different interpretation, I guess, in some ways. But since I work pretty instinctively, I don't ever say, I'm going to set out to do it this way. I mean, it all just kind of naturally evolves. I didn't, both Terry Kinney, the director, and I agreed, we didn't want to make him real real retarded or anything. And that was the, I don't know, that was one of the major things. And otherwise, I just work yeah. real emotionally. I, th- you know? I think we we went after the relationship of... Yeah. George and Lenny more in a like parent to child type relationship. What did you say? Parent yeah. ki- parent this child. This is r- incredible. You know? Because when Wynn and I were doing it, Wynn Strachey, he was a singer and he had played before schools of retarded kids. And he speaks of these, we come back to the, Wynn also didn't want to play it too retarded and you didn't. Yeah. Because if anything, George, you indicated something I thought was quite marvelous. A slight humor of his own. I mean, George, of course. I meant Lenny. Yeah. Sly humor yeah. underneath it there. He knows, don't you? Yeah. You know that George gets a little irritated yeah. with you. you yeah, know, if he knows anything, he knows George inside and, out. And he knows yeah. George inside <laughs> out, not that rigid. But here's what Wynn was saying. Let's play him as a father and child. You just said father and son. Yeah. Isn't that incredible? So we did it. Remember the scene... Later on, when uh, in, in the bunkhouse, and I forget whether I think uh, George is playing, laying on some solitaire mm-hmm. uh, before Candy has to shoot the dog. I think, and there's one scene where Wynn put his hand on my shoulder, Lenny did, and it was like a, a big boy and a shorter father, like a yeah. big kid. And yeah. so that's what you were saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's the way you know uh, we went at it in a real. Uh, disciplinarian kind of uh, attitude toward toward Lenny a lot of the time when uh, you know and that made it a father-son relationship more besides all the other elements of best friend and you know you know best companion and all all those because we're also yeah. talking aren't we about transient guys and fear of loneliness and of course hunger Hunger for a piece of land. Mm. For their own own thing, yeah. Something they can call their own. Well, I'm going to ask you guys a question now. It's 1981. You're two young guys. You're in the 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this play written in 1937. You don't see this as dated. Oh, no. Mm. Not, not this play. It usually, and a lot of times, and we had talked about this in one of the discussions, I think, uh, like some, like... The writing certainly is not 
dated in comparison to like some other 30s plays, like something like Waiting for Lefty, which the dialogue and the which way Steppen it was written. Which Steppenwolf Theater did, by the way. Go right, ahead. right. Uh, the dialogue, it, it's real city, but, but like when you look at a 1930s movie, the way they talk is dated. But, uh, and, and a lot of times it's city talk that, that is dated, and, and this is like uh, country talk that doesn't seem to change at all. Uh, and all the, uh, the elements of the play, you know, everybody's got a dream, you know, and still they've got dreams. You know, I was thinking as, you, as George is recounting the dream that Lenny heard many times, that place will have rabbits and a piece of land, and later on we'll hear you do another scene there. Now, I know farm workers uh, out in the southwest, particularly uh, some of the Chicano farm workers and others, this dream of a piece of land is so strong. Yeah. And they're farm workers, as you guys are ranch hands. And of course, we're also talking about George and Lenny fighting loneliness, aren't we? Yeah. Well, there's, oh, yeah. you know, I think the thing that, that makes it still still powerful I mean besides the fact that Steinbeck I mean for me anyway is fairly peerless in terms of American writers of that of that or probably any era yeah, yeah. but it's also the fact that in Waiting for Lefty you know something like that and, and Odette's was a good a good playwright and, and a powerful playwright of his time, but I think the major difference between Mice and Men and, say, something like Waiting for Lefty that dates it to me even more so than the language is the fact that as much as you can look around, you can always say, somebody is doing this to me, which is, which is ostensibly what Waiting for Lefty is saying. You know, you're saying, I'm being acted upon by uh, these owners and by management and by big business and stuff. And George and Lenny and the people in the play, they're being acted upon too in that way. But I think what makes it timeless is that they still want something. You know, they have a dream and they'll go after it and they're not content to say, well, these, these people are pushing me down they want to get out from under it and do something on their own. And just like you said about even, you know, uh, migrant workers and farm workers now, I mean, you know, whatever race or nationality they are, I mean, I think that's a peculiarly American trait that you want to have your own place. Maybe universal for all yeah, but certainly yeah. American. But yeah. also, you say, those who work land for right. others, you see. Right. As George and Lenny did for the ranch owner, as mm -hmm. farm workers do for whoever owns that land. Right. See, those, they know the land. See, they know right. it. It's theirs. They yeah. work it, but they don't They don't it. get it. Yeah. yeah. But it's this... Mm -hmm. By the way, yeah. the, the contrast... I, I was in waiting for Lefty. Yeah, I know. Production, and you're right. Lefty does have a period piece quality about it. At the same time, it's... it's for those who may not know, it deals with the Taxi Cab Drivers Union, yeah. written at the time the CIO was coming into being, mm -hmm. and it's a union hall. But it's true, some of the language of Lefty, the language, yeah, the, is, uh, you still hear it now and then, but it's a little somewhat dated. Yeah. Whereas 
This seems to be forever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we have cut very little from Mice and Men. Oh, uh, did you cut parts of Mice Just little sections. I mean, little, you know, a few lines here and a few lines there. You couldn't uh, cut, you know, whole things. We got to hear more of uh, John Malkovich and Gary Sinise, who, as you gather, are beautiful as George and Lenny. I feel here I'm very deeply moved, of course, in Harry, for many reasons. And so <laughs> let's take a pause now for a minute and we'll resume. Perhaps talk about Candy and about uh, Slim and about Curly's wife as well and maybe a song or two that fits Great, the characters sure. of the Great. play and some more scenes from George and Lenny right, in okay. a moment after this message. So resuming with Gary Sinise and John Malkovich as George and Lenny and Steinbeck's Of Mice and Men. And loneliness, hunger, hunger, fever is part of it, because George got that fever, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. That, uh, someday. To not have to have a boss? Yeah. To have his uh, own, own control over his own... What's that great line at the end of the first scene you just read uh, so movingly? Uh, oh, it's great to lie down here. And uh, not to have to have a job yeah. if you yeah. ain't hungry. Yeah. You feel free when you ain't got yeah. no jobs. But we, a little word about uh, the guys, the other guys in the, in the bunkhouse. Now, there's Candy, and isn't he? Candy's now lost his arm somewhere. He's just a handyman around. Yeah. And Candy is just around, living out yeah. his days. <laughs> but he's got this old dog. And the dog's starting to smell up the place. Yeah. And the dog... And the guy said, you got to shoot the dog. And they want to give him a puppy. Mm -hmm. That's right, Slim, the very skilled guy, the guy they look up to, Mule Skinner. Right. And so Candy sees the connection between himself and the old dog, doesn't he? I, 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 th I think so, yeah. And there's, you know, a direct parallel to the end of the play with that yeah. section also. Yeah, and also the... George having to shoot Lenny, you know. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, presages George shooting that, which is close. He who is closest to him, and the dog closest to the candy. But also, the old man's not gonna, they're going to shoot me. Doesn't Candy say that somewhere? Yeah. So mm. you have his dream. There's a song, the Utah Phillips. It's about a guy like Candy, you know, right? Suppose we hear that. Cause I love the idea right. of music okay. uh, with us. We hear that, sure. and then we'll continue with George and Lenny on their dream. That's Utah, so it doesn't quite fit. It's more of a cowboy song, but it does fit the idea of a yeah. bunkhouse and uh, the home, uh, the folk medicine. I believe in one spot there, uh, Slim the Mule Skinner is taking care of the mules with his own kind of uh, yeah. help, tar. you know, tar. Mm -hmm. right. And so we come to the guys and their attitude toward George and Lenny, because there's a strange combination, these two guys together. Doesn't one of them mention it, Slim, perhaps, uh, that yeah. it's good to have a friend. Yeah. And Crooks, Crooks says that's... Uh, Crooks is the black, now we come to Crooks. Right. Describe Crooks. Right, uh, he's the stable buck of the, of the ranch. Uh, he lives in the barn, and uh, you know, that, that was a time where uh, blacks just had uh, very little going for them. And he uh, is forced to s stay in the barn, uh, at night and can't, can't go in the bunkhouse with any of the, the gentle, you know, with any of the ranch hands, play cards with them or anything like that. And there's a one scene between uh, 
Lenny and him, uh, where Lenny <laughs> starts telling him about the land that they're going to get, yeah. and uh, and Candy comes in, and they all sit around yeah. talking about the land they're going to get. Lenny, of course, doesn't know any such thing as uh, discrimination or race. See? No, because Cook says, um, <laughs> you know, Lenny just walks in and into his room, you know, because he doesn't have any sense, you know, but he walks in, and Crook says, you know, you... You know, you don't belong. You ain't wanted here, yeah, and you, you know I ain't wanted in the bunkhouse, yeah. and you ain't running. But we come room. back to Crooks, to Candy, to Slim, to all the other guys, in a way envious of George and Lenny. Oh yeah, they, they yeah. have one another. Yeah, they're. I th I think Slim is, and Slim and Candy more so than some of the other guys. Uh, Carlson and Wit, the two other guys in the, in the story, Curly. Uh, are pretty much, you know, loners and will always yeah. be that way, I think. You know, just going to the whorehouses, uh, spending their 50 bucks, all the stuff that Lenny and George say that, uh, yeah. well, that George says he could do if he didn't have Lenny, yeah. but really doesn't want to do yeah. that anyway. You know? But there's a, well, suppose you, we do that scene uh, before, they're in the bunkhouse now and they're alone. They don't know that Candy's up in the bunk there. He yeah. just had to shoot his dog and his back is to the wall, upper bunk somewhere, and George and Lenny are talking about this. There's an old man, old woman, who want to sell a piece of land. They've yeah. corresponded. Suppose you do that. George? Yeah? How, how long is it going to be till we get that little place and live off that fatty land? I don't know. We gotta get a big stake together. I know a little place that we can get cheap, but they ain't giving it away. Well, tell about that place, George. <laughs> well, I just told you just well, last night. Go on, tell again. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 10 acres. Yep. It's got a windmill. It's got a little shack on it and a chicken run. It's got a kitchen orchard, cherries, apples, peaches, <laughs> cots, nuts. It's got a few berries. And there's a little place for alfalfa, plenty of water to flood it. There's a pig pen. And rabbits, George? Well, I could easily build a few hutches. And you could feed alfalfa them rabbits. you damn right I could. <laughs> you goddamn right I could. <laughs> we could have a few pigs. And I'd build a smokehouse, and when we kill a pig, we could smoke the hams. And when the salmon run up the river, why, we'll just catch, oh, we'll catch a hundred of them. A hundred. Every Sunday, we'll kill a chicken or a rabbit. Maybe we'll have a cow or a goat. And the cream is so damn thick, you got to cut it off the pan with a knife. We can live off the fat of the land. Sure. All kinds of vegetables in the garden. And if we want a little whiskey, why would you? We'll just uh, sell some eggs or something. And we wouldn't have to sleep in no bunkhouse. And nobody could can us in the middle of a job. Tell about the house, George. Sure. Sure. It's got a little house and a room to ourselves. And it ain't enough land that we have to work too hard, maybe six, seven hours a day only. We wouldn't have to buck no barley 11 hours a day. And when we put in a crop, well, we'd be there to take that crop up. We'd know what would come of our planting. And the rabbits, George. 
and I'd get to tend to, to tell, tell how I do that. Sure, sure. You go out in the alfalfa patch and you have a sack. And you fill up the sack, you bring it in, and you put it in the rabbit cages. And they, they nibble and nibble. That, that's what they do. I've sure. seen them. Sure, every six weeks or so, them does would throw a litter, so you have plenty of rabbits to eat or sell. We keep a few pigeons. And go flying round and round that windmill. Like they done when I was a kid. And it'd be our own. Nobody could can us. If we don't like a guy, well, we can say, get the hell out! And by God, he's got to do it. And if a friend come along, why, why we'd have an extra bunk. You know what we'd say? We'd say, why don't you spend the night? Spend and by night. God, he would. We'll have a setter dog and a couple of striped cats. But you got to watch out that them cats don't get them little rabbits. You just let them try. I'll break their goddamn necks. I, that's what I do. I'd smash them cats flat with a stick. I'd smash them flat. That's what I do. And then Candy, who's listening, turns on his bunk. He, they don't know he's saying, is, you guys know such a place? Something like that. Mm. And then yeah, picks up, know. what's it to you? Yeah. Hmm? And, and then, suppose I do, what's yeah, it to you? And then he wants to join. Yeah. And he's got this little couple of bucks saved up, right, because he lost his arm. Yeah. And he'll do the hoe in the garden. I'll do anything you want, you know. Could we? And you don't know. And then, hey, maybe you need candy. You got that buck, a few bucks, maybe the old couple that can swing it. And the bells, that's beautiful. Yeah, he says. Oh boy. George catches on. Oh man, and there's George and Lenny. By the way, can can I get over the fact that John undoing Lenny has that undercurrent of humor. He knows he knows George very yeah. well. That's a added dimension you've given to it that makes it especially moving. And of course, funny. Yeah. See, that's funny. It also. adds to their relationship, yeah. too. The... I think he, you know, I mean, he's not bright, but he's, I mean, but that's sort of like saying a nine or eight year old yeah. isn't bright. I mean, he. As a child. Yeah. As he's a just big, kind of child huge, yeah. powerful child who yeah. doesn't know his own strength. Yeah. And of course, the, his own strength becomes the. Yeah. His At one point, Slim says to George, he's just like a kid, it, ain't yeah. he? And George says, yeah, sure, he's like a kid. There ain't no more harm in him than That's a right. kid, neither, except yeah. he's so strong. And of course, there's Curly's wife, who becomes the uh, deus ex machina of the tragedy. Yeah. She, he, he, not meaning to, of course, he likes something soft and is patting it. Now, that's a great scene, by the way, where Curly's wife and Lenny in the barn, mm. and neither one listening to the other. Yeah. <laughs> They're both talking, and then, of course, his strength results in the death of Curly's wife, of course, and then the guy's out, and there's Curly himself, who's this mean little guy. You feel kind of sympathy for him in a strange yeah. way, don't you? Yeah. For Curly, who's a macho, because he's little, you know, yeah. and he's tough, and then he's humiliated, you know, yeah. by Lenny crushing his hand. And then George knows he has to do it. And it builds, because there's bills and bills, and we come back 
now the posse, right? <laughs> They're looking for uh, Lenny. They want, uh, Curly now, they want to lynch him, you know. The guys feel bad, but it's got to be done. He killed his girl, so. What did Candy say when he found her lying in the barn? Dead? You're no good. I knew it was going to happen because yeah, Candy's dream is yeah. smashed. Yeah. And uh, isn't that spot why Candy asked George, we can still do it, can't we? Right. And George says it was something me and Lenny had. Yeah. yeah. Let's do that last scene. They come back because uh, in the very opening, remember, that's right. Uh, George, George said, Lenny, remember, if you get in trouble, come to the brushes here. Yeah. And there it is. And George, uh, Slim tells him to go ahead. George got the gun, Carlson's gun. Yeah. We know he's going to shoot Lenny to keep him being lynched. And suppose, hey, could we hear Winner and me just for the moment? Here, yeah, sure. That opening thing, Let's and then we'll fade into you guys doing it. Okay, we'll do that Set again. that scene <laughs> there, and then we go into it. And now we come to the last scene where his friend, the mule skinner, very understanding, uh, George has stolen a luger from one of the ranch hands, which, of course, uh, he's going to use to kill Lenny himself to avoid Lenny's being lynched. And he comes to the brush after Slim leaves him, and he looks for Lenny in the original scene. He calls out, Lenny? Where's them guys going? Hunting. Well, why don't we go with them? I like hunting. Is it cause I done a bad thing? Don't make no difference. Is that why we can't go hunting with them guys? Don't make no difference. Sit down, Lenny. Right here. George? Yeah? Ain't you gonna give me hell? Give you hell? Sure. Like you always done before. Like, if I didn't have you, I'd take my 50 bucks Gee, and I... Gee, Lenny. You can't remember nothing that happens. But you remember every word I say. Well, ain't you gonna say it? If I was alone, I could live so easy. I could get a job and not have no mess. Go on, go on, and when the end of the month and come... And when the end of the month come... I could take my 50 bucks, go to a cat house. Well, go on, Dord. Ain't you gonna give me no more hell? No. Well, I could go off in them hills there and find a cave if you don't want me. Well, Lenny, I want you to stay right here with me. Then tell me like you done before. Tell you what? About the other guys and about us. Guys like us? I ain't got no families. Got a little stake, and then they blow it in. They ain't got nobody in the world gives a hoot and hell about them. But not us, George. Tell about us now. But not us. Because? Because I, I got, got you. you. And I got you, George. We got each other. That's what that gives the hoot and hell about us. You take off your hat, Lenny. The air feels fine. George, tell how it's gonna be. You look across the river there, Lenny. I tell you like you can almost see it. I'm gonna get us a little place. Go on, Joe. We're gonna get a little place. A couple of acres. Acres? 
maybe a cow. Down in the flat, we'll have a little piece of alfalfa. For the rabbits. For the rabbits. And I get to tend the rabbits. And you get to tend the rabbits. And live off the fat of the land. <laughs> George, are you mad at me? No, Lenny, I ain't mad at you. I ain't never been mad at you. That's one thing I want you to know. You look across the river there, Lenny, like you can really see it. Where? Right across the river there. Can't you almost see it? Where, George? It's over there. You keep looking, Lenny. Just keep looking. I'm looking, George. I'm looking. That's right. It's going to be nice there. There ain't going to be no trouble, no fights. Ain't nobody going to hurt nobody or steal from them. It's gonna be nice. I can see it. George, I can see it. It's right over there, George, I can see it. Bang, bang, he shoots him. Lenny collapses. George sits. The guys are coming. Curtain, very beautiful. Anyway, it's obvious to me. <laughs> I mean, you guys are marvelous. <laughs> Thank good. you. And I imagine the cast, the rest of the cast is. Oh, it's great. Yeah, they're good people. It's it's a, it's it feels so good to be in a in a production with so many good people of this play. Yeah. You know, it's it's a rare. Experience. And each one, each one. It's Curly's wife and Candy, especially Candy, of course. And Slim, who's sort of the knowledgeable guy, has also pride and craft in it, too. He's the mule skinner. And mule skinner's a very skilled craft indeed, you know. Right. And it's about that. And it's a, what is obviously of now, as well as of 1937 and <laughs> It's a very moving theater experience, obviously. And... Uh, Thank you very much indeed, Gary Sinise and John Malkovich, you, both of whom are very good directors, too, by the way. And Step Wolf Theater has a good, excellent batting average indeed. And suppose we end then with, uh, oh, name the, uh, the directors. Uh, Terry Kinney. Terry Kinney and Candy. Candy is played by John Mahoney. And Jeff Perry is Curly. Joan Allen is Curly's wife. Greg Williams, who... Is, is real good. Is not a member of our ensemble. He plays Crooks. He's Crooks and Slim is... Slim is Francis Guinan. Mm -hmm. Tom Irwin is Carlson. Alan Wilder is Wit. And Rick Snyder is the boss. Now watch the cast. Thank you. Folks, we hear just Mule Skinner Blues. Tribute. Sure thing. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.